2: To get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh my
0: goodness! That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Is now in.
1: TC Martin Show coming away live on a Friday. KSHB and 1400, 107.1 FM. And also streaming live on the World Wide Web at thetcmartinshow.com. Go to www.thetcmartinshow.com for show archives, content across the board, good times all around. Chris Wynn, Brian Feldman in for the doctor today. Why? T.C. Martin's on the rope as uh, he gets set for Game 3 of the WNBA Finals as the Aces uh, won the first two games here in Las Vegas, the second one being on Wednesday night as uh, the Aces t- ha- took care of business handily over the, Los- uh, the New York Liberty with a big-time win. They are now up two games to none. In that series, they are one victory away from repeating as WNBA champions, so TC will have the call over the weekend on that game over down the dial on ESPN Radio Las Vegas, but uh, we're in for him today. He will uh, most likely be off uh, next week, too. Hasn't been determined yet, obviously, because uh, all the aces have to do is win one more game, Uh, Brian Feldman. Always great. To co-host with you
2: uh, when we're talking sports here in Las Vegas, Brian Feldman, how are you? TGIF, man, it's Friday the 13th. I'm actually good because Friday the 13th is like a good day for me rather than a bad day. How would that shake out? You know, my, da- manner, my daughter. My, was, my daughter was born on Friday the thirteenth. Oh, okay. Well, that so, makes I all mean, kinds of sense. You yeah. know, so years and years and years ago, and I'm, I'm dating myself now. But uh, no, I, I, you know, it's a great day in Vegas. I, the more I think about, it, I love hosting shows. By the way, but right. driving over here again, I'm just thinking to myself, it is crazy, Las Vegas right now. I mean, the last two professional teams we've had play was the Aces and then the Golden Knights. They both won championships. The Aces could win it again. So Vegas goes from no professional franchises to in one year, three in like a year and a half, Chris, it's pretty cool, man.
1: The only thing is the Raiders are going to screw us because they're not going to win the Super Bowl. We're not going right? about uh, the Raiders right yeah, now. Yeah, but no, but I'm saying we're saying as a, city, as a city of champions, Brian Feldman, they're not. It's not. They're not. They're not holding up there. They're not holding up their end of the bargain. They're not. But that is still the NFL. They're so not. Cool going,
2: they're not going to participate in the Super Bowl, but they are going <laughs> to yeah. host it. That is so that I mean, true. I mean, how cool so is that? Makes
1: up for it, right? right almost, it almost, does. absolutely. Almost. I
2: mean, we got F one coming here in a week. We've no got doubt. we've got NASCAR going on this weekend. You know eventually the A is going to be here, the Aviators. This is becoming, I don't want to say a sports mecca. That's a little bit overblown, Chris. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but it is definitely becoming a sports town that we can say. We've got the population now, and you know, considering, you know, years ago, no one ever thought there would be a, a sports team in Vegas simply because it's the gambling mecca of the world, <laughs> and it was a big no-no forever. I mean, you've got players that are not in their prospective Hall of Fames because they were gamblers. So here we we are in Vegas now. Two major professional sports franchises. I want to give the Aces their due. Also mm-hmm. another one. You yes. a three. And then you've got uh, baseball right around the corner. Yep. And the funny thing is the one that's not here or being talked about as much yet, the commissioner of the NBA, uh, by the way Adam Silver, probably likes Vegas more than any of the other commissioners and they're not here yet. So you know it's a given that it's only a matter of time before we get an NBA franchise starting to talk Vegas as well.
1: Yeah, and TC talked with Paul McCaskey earlier in the week. I talked to Paul yesterday on uh, Shap Show about this prospect of uh, an NBA franchise coming here. And I got to be honest, Brian, and uh, we, can, we can maybe uh, have, a, have a comment on, uh, or two on this. I'm shocked that the NBA is not already here. I thought the NBA was going to be the first franchise that came to Las Vegas. This is a basketball town, obviously, with the history of the UNLV running Rebels and that all that, that whole thing kind of leads into it, but uh it is not a matter of if it's a matter of when the NBA franchise is here. You courts you mentioned the A's the A's are definitely coming. Okay. It's, it's like a like a formality at this, at it's this a point formality. it's a ninety-nine yeah. you know to ninety-eight percent chance that they're gonna be coming here and uh and yeah and to that point also Brian uh the baseball playoffs in full swing we now have it set as far as the uh the championship series both the uh, American League Championship series and national league championship series we will have two Las Vegans Playing for the Philadelphia Phillies in the National Championship Series. Bryson Stott, Desert Oasis High School. Of course, uh, you know, Bryce Harper, Las Vegas High School. Uh, two Las Vegas uh, prominent guys He'll be playing for the Phillies as the Phillies take out the Arizona Diamondbacks in the National Championship Series, and then TC Martin's guy. Dusty Baker back in the American League Championship Series as the Houston Astros are set to take on the Texas Rangers as well, too. So, uh, you baseball how about, lane. how
2: about the X 51 X? I believe was a desert away. So let's go. How about Paul Seawald pitching yeah. for the Arizona Diamondbacks? So in that series, you don't, you don't only have the two guys. From Philly, you got a couple guys for Arizona that are Vegas guys as mm-hmm. well, man. So I am looking so forward to and I and I have been. I've been watching probably baseball more this postseason than I have in a long time. I, I don't watch baseball during the regular season. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie to you. Every now and again I catch a game. Now when the Tigers are prominent or at least um on the on on, on the radar, which they close this year in second place. They look decent. They look decent in the No, yeah. well, not not too far. I mean Chris, I'm blown away they won over 70 games, or 68 right. games. I yeah. mean, that's unbelievable mm-hmm. considering, or 78 games. That's unbelievable considering that, uh, you know, this team, a lot of people had them slated for last place in the in the AL Central, and yet here they are, uh, finishing in second behind the Minnesota Twins, who had a good showing. They finally won a playoff series after God knows how many years, and uh, they actually, you know, gave Houston a little bit of a run for their money, splitting the, splitting the, the first two games, and then, of course, bowing out. But um, I like what I'm seeing. I love the underdog role. Everyone's a fan of the underdogs. If your team's not in it, typically you pull for an underdog and you look at these matchups. I mean, Chris, everybody on the road pretty much, other than of course Houston mm-hmm. who always finds their way yeah. in mm-hmm. has won. I mean, and you're talking about the Atlanta Braves. Everyone's saying I don't see anybody beating the Atlanta Braves in a five, let alone a seven-game series. And yet, the Atlanta Braves just got beat by last year's National League, uh, National League champs, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. And then you look on the other side. I mean, I promise you, there is not a prognosticator, an expert out there that picked the Arizona Diamondbacks over the Los Angeles Dodgers. But you know what? Right under the right, right off the get-go, Chris Clayton Kershaw puts them under the gun, and you know, I, I, I talked about it on my show on Sunday and out of line on Sunday morning, uh-huh. and I'll talk about it again now. Clayton Kershaw is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Matter of fact, he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. He is yeah. one of the best pitchers that's ever put on a Los Angeles Dodgers jersey, and yet he is Absolutely, and I'm just going to say it flat out. Not putting punches. He sucks in the postseason. It's just that simple. I mean, one postseason he played well in, and that was the year of the pandemic when they only had a 60 game regular season. Kershaw's always great in the middle of the campaign. You talk about mid July, he's pitching his best ball. He wears down, especially now that he gets older. The curveball used to be dominating, not dominating anymore. He he could rely on that to help strike people out. That fastball is three to four miles an hour per hour slower than it was before. He doesn't have the same juice. And when he wears down at the end of the season now, we really see what happens. And my God, that first game, uh, granted, all you got to do is get into Kershaw's melon. Because the first one, I can't remember... He hit the fly ball out to left field, and the guy dropped it, Mm -hmm. simply. And you saw Kershaw pound his glove, say a few superlatives to himself, and you knew, oh, no, here it goes, and the floodgates open from that point forward. Six runs, he's off the mound in a third of an inning. Unbelievable, Chris. And I don't see it getting any better for Kershaw in the future as he gets older next year. I don't know what happens to him. That's a topic for another show. But But the position is Clayton Kershaw, man. I mean, would you say... He's a Hall of Famer and yet disappointing career. I mean, do you say that? How do you, how do you put in perspective when this guy in the
0: postseason?
1: You know what it reminds me of, Brian? It kind of, kind of goes down the lines of Mike Trout, right? I think about Mike Trout in that what could have been if he actually went to a franchise that had success in the postseason, right? Mike Trout going to go down with one of the greatest players of all time without question, is going to be, again, like Clayton Kershaw, a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Well,
2: his team's got to get in the postseason. Yeah, but but,
1: but postseason success, there's been none. There's been absolutely none, right? You think about the Angels and postseason success, you're going back to 2002, obviously, right, against the Giants. So I I, kind of think of it along the same lines as him as far as an every-eight player, right, as opposed to a pitcher. To your point, Brian, that you brought up, though, about the Houston Astros, right, the only division winner to advance – Baseball fans and talking heads in baseball and those of us in the sports media very surprised that teams like the Atlanta Braves, like the Baltimore Orioles, are still not in the postseason. And, Brian, this leads to the debate, I'll call it, or the kind of beef that people have with baseball and how they conduct their playoffs now, man. Because you think about it, it kind of uh, makes the 162-game season not seem like or mean a a whole lot. When you got the teams that are the worst teams that are in the playoffs, advancing in the playoffs, and the teams that were, you know, electrifying and solid throughout the entire regular season, you know, now knocked out and, and going home and making tea times, brother, you know? So, uh, d- does there lead any credence to that, Brian Feldman? When you think about, uh, you know, hey, it's a, uh, it's, you know, it's a long regular season, and now you got, uh, you know, teams that were, uh, that, uh, I don't want to say snuck into the postseason, but they were not the better teams in the postseason advancing.
2: It's always been, in my opinion, baseball's always been too long of a season. I, I sarcastically say I didn't watch any games. Of course, I've watched a couple of games, summer, but there's so many games. Every year I watch opening day. I love the Midsummer Classic. It's the best all-star competition of any of the four major sports by, by far. And I watch the postseason. And I'm happy that the postseason now consists of more teams. I used to think it was so unfair to play 162 games, two teams from each league get in, and then it's a five-game series in the playoffs and a seven-game series in the World Series. I always thought that was ridiculous. I'm glad they have stepped it up. But yeah, Chris, this is shocking. I mean, it's really shocking. When you look at the top Five seeds throughout the season. You have three teams that won over a hundred games. Let me tell you something. You know how hard it is to win a hundred games in a regular season in a 162 game season. Ridiculous. Atlanta Braves 104 and 58. Gone in the first round. As a matter of fact, as Chris just mentioned, this team literally had not lost had not lost back to back games at home all season. They had never been shut out all season. And in game one, they were shut out in the playoffs. That's unbelievable considering their their battery, both pitching and hitting. So, what, what, I mean, just an absolutely du- People consider them a juggernaut. There's no way the Blaves aren't winning. Then you look at the Orioles. Best season they've had in a while. 101 wins, 61 losses. Second best team this year in the regular season in professional baseball. Gone in the first round. Swept out of the, swept out of it. See you later. The bye teams. Then you've got the Dodgers. A lot of people around here, big time Dodgers fans. You can't really say anything bad about the Dodgers or people look at you funny. I mean, cause it's, it's, it's almost a Dodgers town here, what I'm realizing when it comes to baseball. Dodgers bounced in the first round. One of the biggest salaries in Major League Baseball bounced in the first round. They go out and get guys like Mookie Betts, like Freddie Freeman, to come and shore this team up and make them great. And they were. Freddie Freeman had an unbelievable Major League season. MVP style season, but yet Bounced in the first round. And then you look down. Wildcard teams. Tampa Bay Rays, 99 wins, 63 losses. Can't get out of the wildcard round in the three games. And then the Milwaukee Brewers, 92-70. and Another team. Home field advantage. Bounced in the first round. You gotta go down. It's funny. The record, the record to have this year was 90 wins, 72 losses. All three teams with 90 wins and 72 losses got in are are right now still alive in their championship league championship series. The Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies and Texas Rangers. And then the last team to qualify for the Major League Baseball playoffs. My kind of team favorite right now, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Finally in Arizona, they have something to get excited about again. And let me tell you something. This team might have been the last team to qualify. Chris for the yes. postseason but the Arizona Diamondbacks I would strongly suggest not sleeping on this bunch, this bunch, or they will just flat out beat you.
1: Okay, Brian. Uh, there's four teams left in the playoffs. Of course, three of those teams have won World Series titles. When you talk about the Arizona Dimebacks, a magical run back in 2001, obviously the the Philadelphia Phillies have had multiple World Series titles. Uh, most recently in the World Series last year, right? With that nice run, uh, where it came to a close. Obviously, the Astros have won World Series as well. I'm kind of I, I gotta say, Brian Feldman, I'm kind of in the camp leaning on the strangers. these Texas Rangers, man. I love seeing the story as a as a guy who doesn't have a dog in the fight anymore because we're both Detroit Tigers, you know, old English D guys here in studio for TC. I am I wanna see the Texas Rangers pull that out. We saw them on the cusp there in the mid 2010s. They had, you know, quality teams there that just could not get over the hump, right? You, you saw this Texas Rangers team come down the stretch. It was, if it, it, was, it was kind of touch and go, iffy. If this team was going to make the playoffs, right? Because of, uh, the log jam that was the American League West as well as the American League playoffs set up. But, uh, they, you know, the, the acquisition of Max Scherzer, you know, they brought in some, you know, big time free agents and, and Seeger and some others there with the Texas Rangers. I got to tell you, man, I'm kind of leaning towards, I want to see them uh you know get capture that first ever world series crown for that franchise down there.
2: Chris, you know it's funny that you mentioned the Rangers and the, the, you know the, the fact they haven't won a world series in the past and they've had some greats throughout their history on on the different Rangers teams, but um this team and and, and especially the way they got into the postseason, they pretty much had the division locked up forever. They did. They had the division. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, Houston slides in there. Texas goes on a little skid in the last weekend, and Houston slides in and grabs the division. And now I'm wondering, you know, is is uh, is the, is that the best division in baseball? Yeah. I mean, because you got the two teams that are both in the ALCS now. But I like the Rangers a lot. But the, what I was saying is you talked about the team, and you mentioned Corey Seager is one of the free agents that got to bring it. You and I may know, but it's funny when I talk about the Rangers to other friends, like who plays for the Rangers? (laughs)
1: Who's on that team? And you I, can play the game and, of. uh can and you even, name their their starting rotation. Even baseball can name maybe two.
2: Baseball enthusiasts know Corey Seager's on that team, right? A couple people because he's got a unique name and he's a pretty damn good defensive third baseman. Josh Jung, a lot of people mm-hmm. might know him a little bit. Yeah, but you've got some other great guys. Marcus Seaman, hell of a baseball player, one of the better second basemen in the in in, in probably the American League. You know, uh Garver. I mean, he comes in and DHs. This guy can knock the cover off the ball. And how about Adolis Garcia? Uh, another name that people aren't talking about but the point is these are names we haven't heard of but people guess what you're about to hey listen i just wanted to say give us a call 702-221-7283 right and, and, uh, you know, if you, if you're interested in chiming in, we are Absolutely. more than happy to get. Plus, we're going to be giving away in a little bit. TC wanted me to mention mm-hmm. there is a, a giveaway today. It's happening this Sunday, starting at 10 a.m., the Raiders versus the Patriots at Slice of Vegas. It's located inside the Mandalay Bay shops in the mall between Mandalay Bay and Luxor. All you can eat and drink, great food from Slice and Who Songs. Uh, you can come by, watch the early games and eat and drink for free. Call in now, 702-2217-283. And and win your way into the private VIP Raider Indoor Tailgate party inside the marquee room at Slice of Vegas. Food, drinks, and games, all for free. Give us a call. We will put you in there. I know I'm gonna be down there. I get done with my show on Sunday night yeah. or Sunday morning, and I'm going straight there. I gotta get dropped off right now because my engine blew up. I was
1: actually house. gonna go to it on Monday, but we were covering the uh the Lakers Nets preseason game. So I wasn't able to get down there, but uh uh yeah, it was, that's a good time. As yeah, far it, as, uh, it should a pre, be a great time. A pre raider game setup—you uh, can't go wrong with this. Yeah, slice and, and of
2: Raiders, uh, Raiders got off the snide. We'll yeah. talk. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on. But back to this, Chris. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at it, and and again, when I try to slice everything up in Major League Baseball, and you can argue with me if you want about it. Not you, I know. Uh, we probably have similar feeling. I like the Astros for one and only one reason. What's the reason I like the Astros? Dusty Baker. You know, uh, you know what? Hey, I'll say Dustin.
1: I'm just tossing it out there. You put me on the spot. I threw it out there. I have no idea. There's one other name, and I can't. Okay, so now, now it comes to fruition. It comes right to my mind. It's Justin Verlander, yes,
2: because well, we have the connection. I was going to say Justin Verlander's wife, but no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Justin Verlander. You be wrong there, though. Ju- ju- Justin, <laughs> boom. J- Justin Verlander, for yeah. sure. How can you
1: not But you already want to ring, though. So, Brian, let's put our cards on the table here, okay?
2: They already want to ring. I know, but it's not you that. You
1: know there's that. There's still that. It's, it's kind of a dissipated cloud, but there's still kind of a cloud over that. Anybody that's not an Astros fan... You wearing a wire, Chris? Are you wearing a still, wire right now? Can still you is not my in sign? the camp. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, Feldman. They're still I not do. in the camp of the Houston Astros. As I mean, yeah, like, look, it has it has tampered down a bit. Okay, people aren't really fired up about it as they were two, you know, two or three years ago. But there still is that essence. I'll I'll use the word essence, Brian Feldman, out there that people are rooting against the Astros, and especially, especially.
2: Because Texas has never won it. So that's, I think that's kind of leads into it as well. No, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'll tell you right now, the thing with, with that I laugh about is I don't hate on the Astros for one reason, <laughs> the Detroit Tigers have their manager of that squad. So yeah. because A.J. Hinge is in Detroit, I kind of be quiet about it because I actually, I think he is a bright spot for the Tigers organization. Yeah. He's not wiring the Tiger players as I know of <laughs> as of yet. But no, I really like Hinge. I think he mm-hmm. is an excellent manager. And I think, you know, it's a shame that a guy like Altuve was wearing wires. When Altuve doesn't need anything, he could he could hit the fat, the best guy that pitches with one eye closed. I mean, he is that good of a postseason player. It amazed me that they resorted to that when they didn't need to with the players they have in this team. But you are right. There's a bitter taste in everyone's mouth. I don't like the Astros because of it, but the reason I like Justin Verlander is he is up there in age. He's pushing 40 years old yeah. now, Chris. He is a, a multiple-time Cy Young award winner, MVP award winner, and a guy that is going to be probably a first-ballot Hall of Famer in what the oh, case. he is. Yeah. But, but, but you say it so succinctly, but yet think about this. He is going to end his career. There is no doubt about that. He will have less than 300 wins. That used to be Don't a benchmark, yeah. but it's Don't not matter. because in the day and days with all these specialty pitchers and stuff, you're lucky if you can stay in the game for six and a half innings. So so I get it, but that's what I love about it. Justin Verlander Plus, like I said, Kate Hudson, I mean, how can you not love that, for God's sakes? and uh, But I'm tired of the Astros. That's the only thing I like about them. I am definitely really pulling for the Angels right now. I like the Baltimore Orioles. I'm a little sad that they had such a great season and they bowed out the way that they did when they were such an exciting team all year to watch and they just flat out disappeared. in the. And you thought, man, it was so ripe for them to win because of the way the Rangers backed into the playoffs by losing the division on the last day of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, they lost a tiebreaker to the Houston Astros is how they got they lost their division. But, um, I still look at the Houston Astros. I look at the experience they have. I look at the coach, Dusty Baker, a guy, by the way, I respect and like a great deal. I know he's a good friend of TC's, but I like him a lot. Right. Um, and I like their, their makeup. This team just has chemistry. They've had chemistry for years. And like I said, that little guy, Jose, Jose Altuve, is one of the best postseason players in, in modern, in modern times.
1: I yeah. Mean, and, and if, if we're talking reality, we're talking about facts. Okay. This Houston Astros team, especially from an offense. When I you mean, look at, when you look at their offensive lineup, right, Brian, you're talking about a team when they're clicking on Slenders, it's as good as any in baseball, mm-hmm. offensively. This is a team that's going to be very difficult for that uh, for that Texas Rangers pitching staff to no deal doubt. with. So right now, you're looking at the Astros, and uh, I don't have the numbers in front of you, but I expect the Astros are probably a short favorite to win well, that series uh, they, they over the Texas. Astros, the
2: Astros, I believe, you know, it's yeah. funny um, that... that Philadelphia, I believe, is was like favored to win the World Series now, which was just kind of humorous that I thought. But I, the Astros are still a team that people are going to be fear, Chris. They're going to be worried about them. This team shows up in the postseason every single year, and they're a team that makes a run, and that's what ends up happening. I like them to win the World Series. As far as if I had to predict, I would say I like them to win the World Series. Sorry, TC. Sorry, Dusty. I don't want them to win the World Series. I'm with you, Chris. I'm probably jumping on the Rangers' bandwagon, and right now, to me, the ideal World Series as we go to break. Man, how cool would it be to have the Texas Rangers playing the Arizona Diamondbacks? And what would the odds have been on that World Series at the beginning of the 2023 campaign, I wonder. Listen, it is time for us to take a break. You are listening to the T.C. Martin Show, Brian Feldman, along with Chris Win. We are pinch-hitting for the doctor today. He, of course, is in New York with the Aces trying to wrap up their second consecutive WNBA title. I think it's going to happen, and I think it's going to happen in Game 3. I don't think New York comes back from this. I think that they they looked mentally defeated when I was sitting in the press conference a couple of days ago. But listen, we'll be back in a minute. You are again, once again, T.C. Martin Show, every Monday through Friday, Right here at from two to four o'clock, we'll see you in a minute. Hey
0: everyone, this is Carnell, aka Golden Pipes, and I want to welcome you back to the TC Martin Show.
1: T.C. Martin Show coming away live on a Friday. Nunchuck always looking out for our Detroit guys, Chris Wynn and Brian Feldman. In for the doctor today, who's out of the road in the Big Apple. And we'll be doing Game 3 of the the WNBA Finals over the weekend. By the way, T.C. will be joining the show at the 3 o'clock hour to talk uh, a little preview action of Aces, Liberty. Also in the 3 o'clock hour, Dave Ghosh is going to join us voice of the Vegas Golden Knights who have back-to-back 4-1 to victories to start the season. First in the season opener against Seattle, then they knock off the San Jose Sharks. He's
2: the face. Wouldn't Dan Doobah would be the voice and Dan Dave Gosher the, the voice
1: face. Dave Gosher, the TV voice of Scripps Sports now, and formerly it. of AT&T Sportsnet, now Scripps Sports. So... Yeah, but they're both, but but Feldman—they're both voices, right? Basically, and uh, a lot of great stories from both Ganduva as well as Dave Gosher. So Dave will join us in the three o'clock hour as well to to break down all things VGK as they get set for uh, a weekend game tomorrow night here at T-Mobile Arena. Got a chance to break down some of the Major League Baseball playoffs in the first segment. Now, get a chance to talk, uh, Little Raiders as, uh, they hosted the Green Bay Packers on Monday. Get the win. Snap that losing streak, Brian Feldman. And, uh, you were there, cover the game in person for Monday Night Football. Quite a spectacle there, right? For Monday Night Football. Got a chance to see, uh, you know, Jack Eichel and the VGKers yeah. there, uh, getting honored at halftime. I saw the halftime interview with Jack Eichel, by the way, too, with the Stanley Cup up there. That's, uh, that was, dude, Jack Eichel's just great at that kind of stuff. I mean, that's just kind of his, his, uh, his uh window is uh, getting a chance to kind of promote uh and be uh the face of that team. So that was great to see that but uh, you got a chance to uh to talk to one of the prominent members of the uh Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Yeah, you know, Monday night football at Allegiant Stadium, there's nothing like uh Monday night football in general, you know, one of the what uh, absolutely an icon in American sports since the 70s. And um, you know, Allegiant Stadium, if you live in Las Vegas and you haven't at least gotten out there and checked it out, been to a concert or something, it is absolutely an architectural uh just marvel. Just marvel. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it is one of the nicest stadiums. And, you know, the only thing that bothers me about Allegiant Stadium is they made it retractable on the side where it opens up to the strip in the highway. And yet. They've never opened it. I'm starting to wonder if that's a bunch of crap or if it really opens because I'll tell you what, that first Monday, that first game against the Steelers, it was beautiful outside and I was amazed. It's like, if you're ever going to open that to the outside, there's not wind out there. It's not going to affect the game. Open the damn thing. We all want to see it. What does it look yeah. like open? Hopefully one day they will. Maybe if I keep complaining about it <laughs> on, on radio shows, they'll open the damn thing up. But no, Chris, it was really cool and the atmosphere, the, the another thing that's bothersome and we've seen it at night's game. Is If I would have closed my eyes maybe four or five times during the day, I would have thought I was in Green Bay, except for the weather. Uh, that bothers me. Yep. It bothers me that so many people from other teams come in, and a lot of people that own Raiders tickets are selling them to Green Bay fans. Now, you can't stop that. That That's just part of the way that it is. But the bothersome is, is that's telling the Raiders, we're not interested in your product. You guys aren't good enough for us to be interested, so a lot of people sell their tickets.
1: Well, I'll bounce this off you, though, Feldman. There is, there is I will say this. It was the first game ever. That the Packers have played here, so there's going to be that element, right? For the first four, five, six years, in some cases, eight years, right? Because our team, Brian, the Detroit Lions, will not be here. We have our not. Detroit yet. Lions fan, you know wait. what I'm saying though, and, it all, and I know it, all, all the listeners out there, like it all comes back to Detroit for you guys, eh? No, always. I'm trying to make a point here. The Packers is the first time ever the Green Bay Packers have played in Las Vegas. No Chris. So that, so I'll, I'll, I'll give them a pass, I guess, a little bit in this game. That it, that 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 was a reason why it was probably sixty forty Green Bay Packer fans to to Raider fans.
2: I would say more like sixty five yeah. thirty five. Right. It was yeah. it, it was loud, but Chris, my the, my point is, mm-hmm. Detroit Lions fans, okay. Right now, we're happy. A lot of people are celebrating out there prematurely, but I, but hey, I will say this about the Detroit Lions, and I'm sorry if I'm going down that road again. Cumulatively, this is the best Detroit Lions fan I have seen in my lifetime to this point, team. and that's yeah. crazy. Now, have they had better players? Of course. This team does not have a Barry Sanders. This team does not have a Calvin Johnson, but they have very comparable, skilled players in skilled positions, and the best offensive line I think I've ever seen for the Lions. I know they had a really good one back in 91, back when they had Lomas Brown and Kevin Glover and Eric Andelsak. They were really good, okay? But this offensive line has the potential to be great. Penny Sewell might be, Chris, one of the greatest offensive linemen I've ever seen, and he's only in, what, his third season in the NFL. It scares me to think of the upside his team, but my point is on the Lions, and the Packers. The Packers fans, yes, it's the first time they're in the stadium. Yes, we're good fans. Yeah. What are you coming here for? You guys aren't going to do crap this year. The Lions fans, <laughs> if we were lousy, we wouldn't come to here to watch the game. We, would, we might come to Vegas, but we're going to be out doing things. We're not going to waste our time at the stadium watching a garbage football team. And I'm sorry, Green Bay, garbage? Eh, that might be a little bit harsh. But But not really. But not really this year. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If the Detroit Lions do not not win the NFC North division this year, Chris, it will be my biggest heartbreak today because there is absolutely no excuse. This team should not only not win their division, and I don't care who they play in the playoffs, they should win a playoff game this season. Let
1: me tell you something, Brian Feldman. As someone who's looked at sometimes as a mush and sometimes as a fade handicapper and, and as a Detroit Lions fan, right, so I have my opinions, right, when it comes to the Lions, I can confidently say soundly, and quietly, and normal. Detroit's going to win the division. The Lions are going to win the division. They're the best team in the division. Their schedule lines up well for them. They are a quality football team, as you pointed out, for all those reasons. But circling back to this game, between the Raiders and the Packers, how sweet is it, Brian Feldman, as being fans of the Honolulu Blue and Silver to see Green Bay lose. It's just oh, awful. Awesome.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's part of the reason you go into the game. It was, you know, yeah. it scared me for a minute, you know, as, as, as the Raiders toyed with them. Um, it was nice to see Jimmy G and these guys get mm-hmm. a win. It was nice to go in the locker room and see just a half a smile on Josh Jacobs face because they have been pretty bitter this year and ju- it's just been justifiable their bitterness. Um, I think the team has been mishandled by the coaching staff. I think that, that they have mismanaged the clock. Now, Spencer argued with me, and Spencer is a much bigger Raiders fan, and he is a walking Raiders encyclopedia, and the Wiz argued with me that he, he thinks I'm being a little bit harsh on Josh McDaniel. I'll say the jury's out. I don't think he should be fired this year yet. I think he should be given this season, but the bottom line is, I need to see this team improving. I need to see them coached right. I need to see them making right decision, not calling timeouts at inopportune times, and 100% not making stupid Stupid plays and being aggressive enough because again the worst coaching t- decision I have seen this year, and I've probably watched maybe 20 games of football with what mm-hmm. I've recorded and so far the worst coaching t- decision by far was when when they the, they were in the, the what what game was it? The, uh, the Pittsburgh game. The Pittsburgh game Pittsburgh where
1: game. the call on fourth, fourth down. down. Yes. First of
2: all, they got a first down, they got a reprieve and they mm-hmm. got to move the ball up. They were inside of the 10 yard line, it was fourth down and they were eight points down and there was about less than three minutes to go in the football game. At that point in time Time, you have to go for the touchdown because if you if you get the field goal, you still need a touchdown. And if you don't get the touchdown, you still need a touchdown. The only difference is yeah, you got to convert a two-point conversion. But what is the difference with that amount of time? And plus, you're guaranteed if you don't make it, you pin them inside of the 10-yard line, and then you're going to rely on your defense. When I asked Josh Jacobs about that, he literally said to me, I go, you know what, all he did is he looked at me, rolled his eyes, and said, I, I guess we we're relying on our defense. He knew damn well he wanted to go for that. But turn things around, they go forward, they get off the snide, they played decently in LA, Mm -hmm. and now they come home and they get what they, what was to me a must win against the Green Bay Packers. And after the game, there's always mosh pits in the, uh, in the, in the game. And after the game, um, I got a chance to talk to a guy with one of the best names in the National Football League. He is the devil, the divine devil, known as Divine Diablo, and this is how
0: that went. Devine Diablo, first win of the year at Allegiant Stadium, man. How big was this for you guys? It was huge, man. We needed that, uh, I won't say boost of confidence, but we needed this for the team. And um, We practiced hard this week, so we expected it. Talk about defensively. Your locker made two down. Spillane gets an interception. He gave the credit to Marcus Peters, saying he knew he couldn't get it, so he tipped it up knowing somebody behind him would get it. That's pretty cool. That that is pretty cool. Rob is a great guy. He'll give everybody else the credit for himself, but he played an amazing game. and Two interceptions, that speaks for itself. Talk about the overall thing. Monday night football, you guys are down. You hang in there. That missed field goal, you still didn't go down yet. You knew you had to shore it up on defense, and you did the job. Yes, sir. As a defense, we knew we had to... um You know, just buckle up and come and play. Uh, We kept saying it's our time. We wanted to reset every series, good or bad, and that's what we did. It's crazy how long you guys have been away from Allegiant Stadium, you know, even from the preseason. Now you get back-to-back games. Is it nice to know you got another one at home next week to maybe follow this one up? Yes, sir. It's amazing, and um, the the fans showed out today, and hopefully that's all next week. What is it going to take for this team now to get a winning streak consistently? You win a game, a big game, on Monday night, but now you guys got to go forward. It's one and done and move forward. Like you said... Uh, consistency. We just got to be consistent with it. Uh, We got to play good in all phases, special teams, offense and defense. As long as we play as a team, I think we'll be fine. Last question. Character of this team, how would you define it? Character of this team? (laughs) Hungry. Uh, We'll always fight, no matter what. Appreciate you. you. Thank you.
2: Hungary's always good or hungry from the hokey man out of Virginia Tech. And uh, I like Divine Diablo. You know, yeah. I liked him last year, Chris. He's a guy that when you watch him play, it seems like his motor's always running. He's one of those linebackers that, that is involved. He gets involved. Spillane played well. Two interceptions in that game against Green mm-hmm. Bay and he gave credit. You know, he, he wouldn't take credit. He gave credit to Marcus Peters for tipping the ball up and then he got it. I liked what I saw out of the Raiders as far as getting the win. I liked the locker room. I like some of the players. Um, and I know you've got a take on what what, what yep. the was said, and I do want to hear that because, you know, I still feel like I said, I just don't think Josh McDaniels is the guy for the job, and one of the things you saw in Sunday's paper, if you got a chance to see the special Raiders section, you know, they talked about coming to town, obviously was uh, the Raiders' ex-coach that was a, our inter guy, Rich Bisaccia, mm-hmm. who is now the special teams coach and the assistant head coach for the Green Bay Packers, and a lot of play, Raiders players chimed in about Rich Bisaccia. Two very prominent ones in, in Josh Jacobs, and then you also had Max Cross Crosby and Mac says I talked to I talked to Rich Pasachoff every week. I love him. He's like family. And these guys were just talking about how much they miss him and what a great guy he was. You don't do that when the guys coming to town when your coach is out in the hot seat unless you don't like your coach, Chris.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And look, uh, it's a big win to get to snap that three game losing streak. You beat a team in Green Bay that, you know, for all intents and purposes, you're supposed to beat because you're a better football team. I think the Raiders are than the Packers are. Now you get a chance to do that again this week against the likes of the New England Patriots, right? Where they're, they're solid favorites in this game at home. Against a uh, you know a perennial Super Bowl contender for multiple years, that which they are no longer in that place. But uh, talking about Josh McDaniels, right? You brought up, of course, your co-host, your producer uh, Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski, that uh, hosts the show with you out of line on Sunday mornings over on Fox Sports Radio eight to nine a.m. and talked about uh, being too hard on Josh. McDaniels now Brian really I mean are we really being too hard on Josh McDaniels when we criticize him for making moves that are questionable at best we just talked about it that call on fourth down against the Pittsburgh Steelers by the way there's been numerous other examples in which Josh McDaniels has made either questionable calls or just flat out Wrong calls. Mismanagement. When it comes to being a a head coach in the National Football League. So I don't necessarily think that we're being too hard on Josh McDaniels. This is supposed to be the guy's bread and butter is offensive football in the NFL. This is what he's supposed to be good at. And we, we can, we can highlight numerous times, Brian Feldman, in which Josh McDaniels has, has uh, either failed or has screwed up. Opportunities from an offensive standpoint where they have underachieved as a football team offensively, right? Where you're, spo- you're, you have one of the best running backs in football in Josh Jacobs, right? You have arguably the best wide receiver in Devontae Adams. You have a guy that was a pro bowler in Hunter Renfro who up until about two games ago was pretty much MIA in the game plan and didn't even show up. And, uh, you know, look, you could argue that, you know, uh, obviously you had a quarterback in the for the Green Bay Packers who had three interceptions in the game, like look, one of them was tip, whatever. And uh you brought up Robert Splaine, by the way, uh Western Michigan Bronco, just a, just a heads up. Um so he and uh Max Crosby, both uh Mac guys, but I digress, Brian Feldman. Uh, You could argue the defense won that football game for them last week. Not their offense, right? They won the game 17-14, to 14, but it wasn't like the offense was ultra-explosive. Nobody's looking at Jimmy Garoppolo right now and saying, oh my God, this guy's lighting the world on fire with, with offensive stats. So to circle back, I mean, Josh McDaniels, I think a lot of the criticism is absolutely justified when it comes to him as a head coach in this league. We saw what happened to Denver. We don't need to reiterate over that. And we see what's happened here in Vegas. And yes, it's it's been a relatively short period of time. But it's still, I think, uh, fair game. To criticize him when it comes to his coaching decisions as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: We all know Bill Belichick's disciples <laughs> do not do that well. They're not out there writing any kind of New Testaments, okay? His disciples kind of right. fail. And Josh McDaniels is one of Bill Belichick's disciples. And matter of fact, ironically, uh, Bill Belichick will be in town this weekend. Yes. I'll get to go to one of his press conferences where he talks about like, like this. Did you understand what I said? That's listening to Bill Belichick. We're on to Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're moving on uh, to yeah, Las Vegas. We're, we're, we're done with this. Yes. <laughs> I told you already. I mean, that's, but, but the bottom line yeah. is Bill Belichick, you know, people are going to tell you he's the GOAT in coaching. And I'm not going to argue with that at all. This guy has been unprecedented. Granted, Tom Brady had a lot to do with that, but so did the right. defenses that this guy has coached mm-hmm. over his career. When you've heard guys like Rex Ryan, uh, and, and he might not be the perfect example. Maybe Bill Parcells is better, but say things like Bill Belichick is the best defensive mind they've ever seen. And by the way, uh, a guy like Bill Parcells is very, was very cozy for a long time. With with Buddy Ryan and mm-hmm. Buddy Ryan, arguably one of the best defensive minds ever came up with that unbelievable eighty six defense mm-hmm. with the with the Chicago bears so the fact that people say that about Belichick that I respect tremendously tells you what kind of coach he is. But as far as Josh McDaniels goes, Chris, you're 100% right. This guy does deserve to be on the hot seat. There are so many times when you see him on the sidelines or even in the press conferences after the games and he's staring off into space like the old proverbial Darren Headlights. And I don't want to say he's a bad coach. I want to say the jury's still out and yes, I believe he deserves the rest of the season. But I need to see this team more cohesive by the end of the season. I need this team to properly be using their timeouts. I need to see this team maybe with a tad more aggressiveness at times and maybe a tad less aggressiveness at other times. That's what a good coach does. He does all the things I just mentioned. When you're, and when you're talking about this team right now, even talking about the quarterback situation, he went all in on Jimmy Garoppolo when he shipped Derek Carr off to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo was his guy. Well, you know, you're banking on a guy that throughout his career has thrown some very inopportune interceptions. Jimmy G is usually good for one of those a game. That's what you're gonna get with Jimmy Key. But then I ask mm-hmm. you, Chris, you know, in in the in the um in the game against Pittsburgh, we knew Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't gonna play. He was in concussion protocol. Everyone thought, you know, that, that it was going to be Brian Hoyer. Right. I mean, he's the backup. He's a, he's also a Josh McDaniel guy that Josh McDaniel got to work with when he was in New England with Jimmy Garoppolo. The two of those guys are friends. And yet he goes down to Aiden O'Connell, who had a very nice preseason for the Raiders, earned himself a spot on the team, not even on the practice squad. This guy dresses every week. So usually you'll see the third quarterback on the practice squad. They put him down. They, they, he's on the sidelines, but is Aiden O'Connell, Chris? a guy that you see morphing into a future quarterback that's going to be a perennial starter for the Las Vegas Raiders? Or do you think he's more or less a third teamer that at best is a stopgap and they still maybe need to start thinking about who is going to be the future of this team? I know it's very early. We don't have a good sample size, but I saw him put the ball on the ground three times Mm -hmm. against Pittsburgh in a bad way. Granted, it's his first game and he was thrown to the Wolves and everything like that. But then I look, I look across the bay, uh, to the west, to the northwest of us, and I see a guy named Brock Purdy, who, yes, he has a better offensive line. Yes, he might have the best skill position players around him in the National Football League, Mm -hmm. but still Brock Purdy was thrown into the fire as Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Relevant and makes great decisions right off the get go, left and right. Is Aiden, is Aiden uh, O'Connell one of those guys? Well, here's my answer.
1: I, I don't know. And that's not a candy ass answer, by the way, Brian Feldman. You know why? Because we've only seen him in preseason really do anything productive. And by the way, preseason, I'm sorry, he just doesn't carry a lot of weight with me because we've seen it across the board. Uh, again, go back to our Detroit Lion fandom. We've seen, you know, preseason teams be great players play great in preseason. They don't even sniff the regular season. They never even make the roster or they never even get a shot, especially when you talk about quarterbacks. They don't even make the lead. They don't even play in any meaningful regular season games. So it's the jury is still way out on Aiden O'Connell. I thought the reason to start him instead of instead of Brian Hoyer was a decision made by Josh McDaniels that was kind of along the lines of we we love what we've just most recently seen have success, right? We saw Aiden O'Connell play well in the preseason, so the idea is that, okay, maybe let's give him a shot. We know what Brian Hoyer is. We know what Brian Hoyer brings to the table, and so let's give this kid a shot. They gave him a shot, and he didn't come through in his first game. And so, uh, again, we just don't know yet What's going to happen with respect to this Raider team, though, Brian? um, They we're, we're gonna the rubber's gonna meet the road because you're gonna see them play the they're gonna they're they're a short favorite against the Patriots coming up this week. They're a three point favorite in this game. You could argue in four of the next five games they're going to be favorite. I mean, not you cannot argue that is the case. Uh, they haven't put up a line yet for that Jets game after. Uh, the Giants game, where they play back-to-back New York teams, but they're favored in this game against the Patriots. They're favored in Chicago next week against the Bears, a short favorite, one-point favorite in that game. Uh, they are dogs on Monday night against our Detroit Lions, where they uh, are six-and-a-half-point dogs in that one on the consensus line. And then they're favorites against the Giants back here at Allegiant Stadium, and then uh, the Jets game's still off the board. And then they're, they're big dogs against the Dolphins. The point being is that they should, they should win four out of the five next games. They should. They're better a football team than all these teams are playing that they're favored over. Uh, I don't think they're winning the Detroit game, but the point, my point is, is that, um, you, you know, you got to win these games that you're supposed to win. They win four and in especially the next five. If, if you want to be Josh McDaniels, you want to be the coach that's the coach that maybe could be going places here in Vegas as a head coach in the NFL. You got to go four and one in these next five games, uh, just because of the schedule and just because of the expectations you have as a coach. Here in
2: Vegas. Yeah, I would say that, Chris. I, I, you look at the next, the next, the next handful of games, Mm -hmm. and they are completely all winnable. And as you said, the Raiders should be favored in all of them. Talking about Aiden O'Connell, what does he mean to this team? What's he going to be? Well, put it this way: He left Purdue. Purdue is hosting Ohio State, and Ohio Mm -hmm. State's a much better game than Purdue, but they're almost twenty-point underdogs at home. If you're, I promise you, if Aiden O'Connell was still with Purdue, they would be maybe about a six and a half to a seven-point underdog at Mm -hmm. home. That's the difference that he makes. I mean, he was a great college quarterback. I, I don't know, and I, and I agree the jury is still out on him. Um As far as this team goes and winning four of the next five games, like you said, in theory they should. I mm-hmm. don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I could even see them winning only two of the next five games because they're a team now that finds a way to do the wrong thing. Now, they didn't against—we the. the, the we, we got to see them play well Monday night against Green Bay, but I saw them lay an egg at the most— inter- to- inopportune time against a Pittsburgh team that had just been throttled the week before. Now they might've been a little bit motivated, but Vegas should have played better in that game and they should have won the game. They had the opportunity to play Pittsburgh, to, to win, in, win beat Pittsburgh and they didn't. Well, so
1: yeah, let me take a deeper dive though. As far as that green Bay Vegas game, I mentioned earlier in the show, they had three interceptions in the game, the Raiders, right? Yeah. Still only won the game by four points. And oh, by the way, the Packers had a chance to, to win the game at the end of the game. So, again, we shouldn't be sitting back. If you're not all, you know, deep into Raider Nation, if you're not silver and black through and through, if you're not a Raider fan like you and I are not, we're not Raider fans necessarily. We can take a step back and take a look at it objectively, right, and have an opinion. It was a win. But it wasn't a great win, you know. I'm not going to sit back and fan. say, "Oh yeah, it was so." You know, I mean, you guys really checked all the boxes as far as going out there and taking out the Green Bay Packers. I'm not going to go that route. That route, but I'm going to say, "Hey, you 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 pulled it. You you uh you did what you had to do at home. You knocked off a team that you're better than. The Packers, as you pointed out, also are not a great team this year. And uh, you 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 checked all the boxes and were able to get that W.
2: That's it. Yeah, if I'm a Raider fan, you know, Chris, right now, if I'm a Raider fan and I'm also a nail biter, I'm down to the nubs. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm worried. Okay. It's just that simple. I'm biting a lot. I'm worried. This is not a team that I I but again, I didn't have a lot of expectations for this team preseason. So that that it doesn't surprise me Mm -hmm. that they're they're where they're at right now. Can they win four of the next five? The schedule says yes, they could and they should. I don't think they will. The last thing about the Raiders before he left, you mentioned a guy a little bit ago that for a couple of years, he was definitely, I would say, in the top five of slot-wide receivers in the National Football League And Hunter Renfro. Hell of a player out of Clemson. Yeah. And this guy is just, when you say a possession receiver, you know, the guys that you think of like him are like a Julian Edelman, a Wes Welker. That is the mold of a Hunter Renfro. And they have just completely taken him out of the game plan. Rumor has it that he will not be a Raider for much longer, that they're looking to dish him, to, to put him get rid of him. And he's looking to move. I'm not going to say where I heard it from or how I did it. Cause I'm kind of sworn to secrecy, but I don't expect Hunter Renfro to be a Raider when they get to the trade, when, when the end of the season comes or when they get to the trading deadline. But, I got the question is why, Chris? I mean, I understand Devontae Adams, as you said, arguably the best. I would say when he's healthy, Justin Jefferson's the best receiver mm-hmm. in football right now, but Devontae Adams is in the discussion right. for sure. And, uh, and, and with Josh Jacobs, I mean, statistically the best running back in the game last year. So the skill positions are there and Jacoby Meyer, um, obviously becoming a prominent player for the Raiders and they picked up that young tight end who everyone thinks that Mayer out of, uh, out of Notre Dame is going to be a yeah. hell of a tight end eventually as well. So you got a lot of skilled position players but Hunter Renfro was a possession guy was a guy when you needed five, six yards on third and long he's a guy that was going to get it for you he finds a way to break open he's deceptive, you look at him you'd never think he was a National Football League player when you stand next to him on the field but this guy is a football player he has that heart, Chris and I don't know what's happened whether it has to do with the injury that took him out of most last season is still lingering or if Josh McDaniels just not a Hunter Renfro fan We'll
1: see what happens coming up on uh, Sunday as they take out the New England Patriots to look to continue their winning ways against their AFC foe. It's the T.C. Martin Show. One hour in the books, folks. Hour number two on the way. Brian Feldman. Chris Wynn in for the Dr. T.C. Martin on the road with the Las Vegas Aces. Coming up, top of the hour, Dave Gosher is going to join us. Play-by-play voice announcer, television guy with script Sports, formerly of uh, AT&T Sportsnet, as the... Uh, Vegas Golden Knights solid start to the season 2 and 0 on the year the defending Stanley Cup champions looking to continue their success. Also, TC Martin will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Talk some aces. Preview some WNBA. How about a little turn page
2: by by uh, the guy, the, the name that I gave him, the Chuck Monster. You know what? I was I'll, in, I'll, I was
1: all in my groove, and I wasn't even listening to Bob Singer. A you gotta on the page love it. Going on, this man. is awesome. Going all Detroit, Numb Chuck, looking out for the Detroit guys here on a Friday on the TC Martin Show, Feldman. You gotta love it. Right? On the road again. Yeah. T.C. Martin will join us again, as I said, at the bottom of the hour. Also, our best bets coming up. You can hear what Feldman, what he's picking as far as college picks, pro picks, and C wins as well. If you want to go opposite, which I'm sure a lot of you out there, especially you sports betters, probably going to do. You're going to fade We're If C you listen to picks.
2: Pushing the Limits, you're going to bet the other way. Exactly I- right.
1: <laughs> And that's coming up also at hour number two. It's the T.C. Martin Show on a Friday. <laughs> AM 1400, also 107.1 FM. KSHP here in Las Vegas, and streaming on the World Wide Web at www.TCMMartinShow.com. TCM is capitalized, folks. We'll see you in just a couple of
2: minutes.